You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1800 060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au Miss gets another clear to the outside then as our redemption as heads were turned for home we're quickly hitting top gear Miss Fru-Fru went to the lead it's Miss Fru-Fru in front trying to stay on as betting jewel our redemption catastrophe the leader narrowly in the shadows of the posters Miss Fru-Fru and Miss Fru-Fru Miss Fru-Fru wins it photo second and third Big night, wasn't it? Bathurst on the weekend and that Queensland connection there. Race nine, the gold bracelet consolation. Darren McCall in the winner's circle. It was great to see that horse, Miss Fru-Fru, started favourites. The favourite punters were cheering as well. Around $3.20. Chris Barsby, good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Great night for Queensland there, Bathurst, on Saturday night. Not only that victory in the three-year-old Phillies consolation, but the group one two-year-old Tiara, Queensland-owned winner in Luxa Turner. Alf Lasfina and his family, his son Rosario, they share in the ownership of this very good filly. We spoke recently with Ricky Alchen. Uh, they've got a very big opinion of her and she was able to, to, uh, to deliver there, taking that Group 1 feature. Ricky was aiming to, to claim both Group 1 finals for the two-year-olds. He had Soho Spectra in the two-year-old Colts and Geldings. Unfortunately, just came up a little short. He got parked out. Ended up running fourth for memory there. Chart Topper leading all of the way for Nathan Jack and Amanda Turnbull. But a good Queensland success there Saturday night. It was a pretty good night for punters, even though there was a couple of horses or one in particular that was uh, double-figure odds. I think every other winner of the night may have been in... Uh, in fact, there was a boil over in the first, wasn't there, with Joe Tomo at $50 and another mm. double-figure winner. But all the rest were, were in the market on the 10-race program. Doug Lee's with us, Chris. Well, speaking of boilovers, we had a little bit of an upset in the feature trot final on Saturday night, the Jim McNeil Trotting Championship final. The series staged over the past couple of weeks and it came to a hit on Saturday night with the final and Hammerson charged down the outside to score, beating Zealous Spur and the race favourite, Jack Watch. Doug Lee is the trainer-driver of Hammerson and he joins us now. Doug, congratulations. Thanks, Chris. Good to have me. Uh, now, tell me... Uh, what was the confidence levels like going into that final? Because he'd only won the one race in Queensland prior to Saturday night. So what were you thinking heading into the final? Uh, Chris, I, I was happy with him um, racing because he'd been coming off 40 and 50 metres racing the, a little bit lesser grade. Um, but he'd been running his mile rates in 2-1, you know, a couple of times. And... Uh, and I think at Redcliffe, when he won, he went two minutes and six tenths over 2,200. So, you know, he's, I, I thought he wouldn't... I, I didn't think he would disgrace himself anyway. Mm. Now, tell me, how worried or nervous were you at the start? Because he wasn't clean away, was he, Amazon? No, no, he was anti. He was real anti. Um, he, uh, yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't gallop for long. He broke for about you know, four strides and then, and then got trotting and then skipped again and... Uh, it was enough to sort of lose about four or five lengths, and then by the time I got across, there was there was about six or seven in front of me. So what were you thinking at that stage? Because obviously that wasn't the plan, so what were you thinking at that point of the race? No, well, the only thing I thought, maybe it might have been a blessing because I thought if you trotted cleanly, I'd have been nearly up outside um, behind Aurora, and it dragged right back. So, you know, I, I probably was going to end up where I where I ended up anyway. 
Okay. In the end, the two favourites took one another on early, uh, the, the first quarter of the last mile, 28-4. What, was that the, the making of the race for you, the fact that they went so hard so early, a long way out? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think so, Chris. He, um, uh, he was travelling good, and uh, <clears throat> and I thought, well, I was following both Dixon's horses, and I thought, well, either or one of them are going to put me in the race at one stage. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, when they the two leaders took each other on, um, what helped us too, they come home in 31 up front. So I, I think we would have come home a little bit better than that to win. But, uh, yeah, anyway, it yeah. worked out good. So when did you start feeling confident? Like midway down the back straight, you were starting to, to dodge and weave. You were picking off quite a few runners. So when did you start to think, I'm still probably a chance here if everything sort of goes my way? No, I didn't. <laughs> now, <laughs> at the 400, I thought, Naughty was outside me, and I thought, I, I knew I was travelling, and I thought, well, and I looked, sort of looked up, and Grant wasn't going real crash hot, and I thought, shit, I'm, I'm going to get locked in here, like, you know, anyway... Naughty Naughty just dropped back enough for me to give him a little ease out. And then uh, when I let him down, I thought to myself, I thought I looked up and I said, I, I reckon I'm going to run third at, at, at best, you know, when I first pulled him out. Mm. And then the 100 metre marker, did you think, I've got this? Well, when I swung for home, I, I, I started off thinking I'm going to run third. And then I thought, be buggered I am, I'm going to win it. So... And he just, yeah, he rocketed down the outside. It was good. Yeah. And it meant something to you because you gave that little whip flourish as well. So it was a, a special moment, no doubt. Well, I'm getting on in years. I'm, you know, driving them myself. So, you know, it was good to, it was good to win. Well, tell me this. You've driven, according to our data here, over 700 winners. How many of those do you reckon have been trotters? Yeah, Chris, it's not... It's. I don't know what I don't know what went wrong. They um, they did a stat before I come to Queensland, and I I thought they said I had driven um, just short of just short of two thousand winners, but with because back in the day when I was driving um, a fair few, um, it was in the archives, and it's not sort of getting recognised because they don't go back to the archives long enough. But yeah, um, when I first come up here, we looked into it, and it was something like. You know, nineteen hundred and eighty-nine or something winners. So, yeah. But and you've you had good success since you've been back in Queensland. Oh yeah, yep, yep, for yeah. sure, for sure, yeah. So, how many times have you now won the Jim McNeil? Is it two, three, or four? No, no, three, three. Yep, just a bit noisy. Won it. Um, Scorch won it. Uh, Adam Sanderson drove him. Uh, I drove just a bit noisy, and and now I've driven Hammer Sun and just a bit Coco. I drove her. She sat parked all the way in the mud and just got beat uh, one night there. And Scorch got beat a nose one one year. He got beat a nose and ran second. Okay. So tell me this, just with those horses, just a bit noisy, just a bit cocoa. Did just a bit like Mum start in a Jim McNeil series? Yeah, she did. Yeah, she, she yeah. didn't. Um, I think she might have run third in a heat and and fourth in a heat. And she made the final, but um, yeah, didn't go didn't go quite as good. I, she ran the 2600 out, but um, I, I think I had Coco in in that night, and um, Nathan Dawson drove her, and he sort of, no, actually it might have been Scorch the night Scorch won. She was she was in a Nathan Dawson drove her, and she got caught in the death seat. Well, she's not a death seat horse. Okay, another good trotter for you up here in recent times was Princess Jessica the Med. Did she start in a Jim McNeil? Yeah, yep, yeah, she started. Um, 
I think I had four in it one year or three in it or something, and uh, uh, could have been it could have been the year just a bit noisy one, yeah. But again, she wasn't uh, she wasn't really strong enough. She was a nice little follow sitting sprint horse, you know. Okay, now just delving into the pedigree of Hammerson. Uh, he's by the Star Trotting Sire and Majestic Sun. And just looking at at, at the mother of uh, Hammer Sun, Jingling Silver, she was a terrific filly mare in her own right, wasn't she? Yeah, she won the Derby. She won the Derby with Chris Lang, and uh, and then went I think a week later or two weeks later and in second in the Oaks. And uh, mm-hmm. a good friend of mine that uh, used to train her, um, Kelvin Davies, he rang me on Sunday morning. He's 86 year old, and he said. I've been watching that little horse go, and he said, um, you've done real good with him. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Now, tell me, a lot of the owners involved with Hammerson, first-time owners. So what were the scenes like after the race? Because they would have been absolutely over the moon and thrilled to, to land a feature race. Yeah, they thought they were going to bring the grandstand down. Lucky it was pretty high. Yeah, yeah. Well, how many people did you have here on Saturday night? Because... There, there seemed like there was a huge crowd and they were all cheering for Hammerson. <laughs> I think so, Chris. I think there was about 18. I, I'm just not sure. I think there was about 18, but we had a few on our side and then um, um, one of the owners couldn't make it. He was he had a reunion to go to, so he couldn't make it. And the other guy, um, he's never been in a horse before. Well, Andrew, Andrew's only just... He just started to get into a couple of them, but... Yeah, Mark's never been in a horse before, and he, uh, yeah, he was ecstatic. He, I think he, he swear blind he won the Inner Dominion. <laughs> well, that that leads me to my next question: How far can Hammerson go? Oh, Chris, I don't know. He's a he's a nice little follow horse. I think you know. Um, I knew he'd run the distance, um, but he'd never been over it. So it's all right saying he will, but they've got to prove it, haven't they? And uh, but he, you know. I, I thought he would run the distance, so and he did. So, mm. so what next then? Uh, what what do you do with him? Do you give him a little bit of an ease up, or do you keep him going? No, no, he's in Saturday night in a in a no band race. But uh, the probably biggest thing there is the ones that were were given him. He was given them. Uh, they were giving him twenty meters. They're all off the front. So it'll be interesting to see <laughs> coming off the level marks. You know. Yeah, well, in some ways the tables have been turned there. So that'll be interesting yeah. to see on Saturday night. And just with yeah. the carnival fast approaching, a heap of money's been put into the trotting features. You love your trotters. You breed a lot of trotters. You've got a lot of uh, majestic sun progeny on the ground through some of those good horses that you've had recently. So you'd be thrilled to see the investment being made by RQ with the trotters. Oh, unbelievable. It's very, very good. You know, like it's... Uh, and it also, Queens, Queensland Harness Racing... Um, it's good because that incentive of the first win two thousand dollars, you can buy, you can afford to buy one and then come, you know, bring it up here. And if you happen to win one and then win a, win a race with the prize money you get for winning the race and the two thousand, you're nearly out of them, you know, unless you you pay big money for them, you know. Yeah. But tell me this though, is it getting harder to source them from interstate now? Oh, she, yep, yep. Yeah. yeah, they they want the ones that can trot can trot fairly well. They want big big money now. You know, it makes it a bit harder. But you sort of look look at one. This horse had a little bit of um, back feet problem, and uh, yeah, so I think that's why we got him a little tiny bit cheaper. You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations! Another Jim McNeil Trotting Championship Series uh, headed your way with Hammersun scoring there on Saturday night. You've just got the one runner in today. 
This guy looks like he's bursting to win. His last two starts, he's been so unlucky to vouch. Will today be the day? Well, he's got a good driver on him, Nathan. He, he can win on a broomstick. So I hope, <laughs> I hope the Vouds has got the broom, broomstick up his backside because he's he got, Nathan's going pretty good. Yeah, but gee's been unlucky his last two starts. He finished at the rear of the field last week. Never got a chance yeah. to extend, did he? No, he got beat seven metres, and uh, Lola come back and she said, "I never even let his head go." You know, she went from outside to inside, and then yeah. But anyway, that's racing, isn't it? It certainly is, but hopefully he can get the job done and continue the good form. Hey, Doug, really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside later today. Thanks, Chris. There's Doug Lee joining us. So great scenes there on Saturday night. And there was a big crowd there, and they, they seem like they're all cheering for Hammerson up the home straight. There was a uh, a good grouping there in the uh, the parade area at the presentation after the race. So a popular victory, no doubt, with Hammerson taking out the Jim McNeil Trotting Championship final for 2023. And as Doug outlined, that's his third victory in the race. Just a bit noisy, 2016, scorched one in 2019. And he's now claimed the 2023 edition with Hammerson. So congratulations to all involved there. Some good scenes. Uh, yesterday at Albion Park, we had a seven-race program and the, uh, the most important point about yesterday's meeting in many ways was the fact that Nathan Dawson was verging on, on breaking uh, or creating history because uh, going into the last race on Saturday night, he was aboard the odds-on favourite. He needed that horse to win, to bring up win number 104 the season. And by doing that, he would have became the quickest driver to reach uh, the, the century of wins uh, in the shortest amount of time. Well, things didn't go to plan in that last race, but... He bounced back. He landed a, a double, one and a half winners yesterday. He dead heated in one race, scored in another race, and he got the, the century. But he still got the record as well. The record was co-owned by Daryl Douglas and Chris Alford, two months, 26 days. So Nathan, with those victories yesterday, able to eclipse that mark, and he now sets the record for the quickest driver to bring up a century of wins in a season. One person that I just wanted to get on air this morning, just to talk about Nathan and a few other drivers, because... In many ways, probably many wouldn't know, but he's played a huge role in their development uh, over a long period of time. And I'm talking about John McMullen because you think about John McMullen, you think of Pete McMullen, his son. You think of Narissa McMullen, who's the leading female driver and returning to race driving today at Albion Park. You think of Nathan. He spent a long time working alongside of John. So I just wanted to get the thoughts of John. And he's been kind enough to join me now. John, appreciate the time. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. Are you at all surprised that Nathan's been able to uh, create a little bit of history and get that record? Quickest driver to notch a century in a single season? Not really, because he has been doing extremely well in the last couple of seasons, hasn't he? So uh, it was just a matter of time um, that he was probably going to overtake Pete at some stage, yeah. So, uh, yeah. no, he's been doing so, a really good job. So what is it with you then, John, that... You seem to have this Midas touch. And obviously, the, the, the kids have got to have ability, no question. But uh, that's a pretty pretty good record that you've got. So you've worked closely with Pete and Arissa. I know they're your children, but Nathan as well, and he's related. But it's a good record that you've got there with those three drivers. Yes, I was pretty hard on Pete. I was very hard on Pete um, driving. And if he made mistakes, I soon told him. And uh, Narissa's probably the same. And then... Nathan, he started working for me when he was about 15 years of age. He hated school and didn't want to go. And his parents um, said, well, if you're not going to school, you've got to get a job. And, and I gave him a job. I didn't think he'd be that great. He was um, quite 
he was uh, a f quite a fat little kid when he was young. I didn't think he'd be a real good worker, but as it turned out, he was one of the best workers I've ever had. He uh, yeah. has and, done uh, extremely he, well. Pardon? Did, did he spend about 10 years working under you? Just short. It was about nine years or so. I t said to him when he, <clears throat> he was the leading driver um, towards the, those last couple of years he was working for me, and I... I was expecting him to leave. I said he didn't need to be working for me anymore, and um, but he stayed on for probably longer than he needed to. Um, but uh, yeah, like he's um, he's done an unreal job, that's for sure. A lot of dedication, no doubt, because like the transformation, just in his in his shape and the way he's gone about it. But obviously, very dedicated, very committed to his craft. That's for sure. Yep. Well, he grew up with, obviously, a horse family. Um, his, his dad's my brother-in-law, Glenn Dawson, who was a very good driver himself and used to drive a lot for me. And I was um, still driving. I had multiple runners. Glenn used to drive for me a fair bit and, and won plenty of races for me. So he grew up, you know, with, with his family having horses and watching them, and he grew up with driving ponies and all that. And uh, he lived right next door to to me and, um, and, and my kids, so he grew up with the kids. And... Um, Pete was a few, couple of years old than him, but he would have been watching Pete drive and and uh, just, you know, there's a lot of little things that probably make, you know, just made him to where he got to today, you know. Yeah. Are all three different in their own right, uh, Pete, Narissa and, and, and Nathan, the way they've gone about it? Yeah, they probably are. They probably are. Um, Pete, he just did a lot of driving. I, had, I was training a lot of horses at the time when he kicked off and I was going to Marburg every week and and, and uh, trialling a lot of horses so he just did a hell of a lot of driving and and um, he just the experience it was just uh, sort of made him I think um, Larissa she was probably a bit more of a patient sort of a driver and, um, and she sort of got her own style and but Nathan's probably copied a little bit of every of everybody I think and sort of just did, did it his own way and that um, I was chatting to him this morning, actually, when we were working around the track. Because he uh, he works his horses um, here with me, and um, I had a chat to him. I said, "Do I actually help you, or did I do anything for you as a driver?" He said, "Yeah, of course, of course you did." He said, "You soon told I soon told him when he made mistakes." He said, "So, um, <coughs> so I must have did, must have did something for him." You've certainly instilled a very good work ethic because all three uh, they they work very very hard. They do, they do, but I think that's everybody in the, in the horse business. They grow up yeah. um, looking after their horses and and they're probably no different than anybody in the business. They, everybody works hard in the horse business. If you don't work hard, you don't make it. as simple as that. Mm. Yeah. So just out of the three, given that Narissa's been the leading female driver in the state for the last, what, eight seasons now, Pete's been the national leading driver for the last two seasons and it looks like Nathan's going to claim that title this year... Pete's got the record as well here in Queensland for most wins in a single season, 315, yep. first driver to go beyond 300. Do you think Nathan's a very good chance of knocking off that record and setting oh, a new well, mark this year? He's definitely on target to smash that record, I'd say. Yeah, if things go well, he'll, um, he'll go straight past that, for sure. Mm. Does it get competitive between the two? Like, there's sort of... They're very, I know, sort of Pete and Nathan are of... very competitive. They're very competitive, that's <laughs> for sure. Yep, yep, yep. They yeah, all like winning, don't they? Probably, Larissa's probably not as competitive as they are, but, don't, but that she sure, certainly wants to win, that's for sure. But um, but the boys sort of get a bit more fair dinkum about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
and they're all graduates of the minis as well. They all came through the minis. That's correct. Yep, yep. They all drove the ponies. Yeah, they all drove the ponies together. Um, you know, and that's so. Uh, that's just good experience for them. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So not only those three, you've got Talia who consistently racks up century seasons herself now. Your other daughter, Danielle, uh, they were in the winner's circle here yesterday. So uh, there's plenty of winners in and around you. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, Danielle, when she left school, she actually worked really in Park, as you know, for about seven years or so. So she sort of didn't do it full time. Um, but, yeah, she loves doing it. And she's uh, she drives good. And Talia, who, who hated the horses when she was a youngster, Sort of loves them now, so uh, she sort of yeah, changed over and decided to do the horses full time, and she's doing a really good job also. Mm. There's one person I want you to sort of expand on if you can. He he worked for you. This is many many years ago. Uh, no longer involved in harness racing, but the sheer talent, probably as good as anyone. Max Watterson, is, uh, have I got that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, can you give me a little bit more background on Max? Well, everybody says about Kedor, Nafel, Narissa, they're flying. I say, yeah, but the person that worked for me uh, a number of years ago, he's um, he's flying the most. Because he actually, uh, after he finished working for me, he did do a stint in Victoria with Noel Alexander and Jane Davies for a while. And then when he came back to Brisbane, he he uh, applied for the Air Force. And, um, yeah, he um, ended up um, becoming a, a pilot. He did a couple of tours um, overseas, and um, anyway, he's actually now an instructor at the Air Force Academy. So he's uh, one of my pupils. who's definitely flying, the, you know, the quickest at the moment. That's for sure. Okay. So do you still keep in contact with him? Yes, I do talk to Max quite often, and um, he was actually called in here. Now he's back. He has travelled around the world, all around the world, and um, he's back at Ambly, based at Ambly now. I think he's living at Springfield, so he, he did pop in only a few months ago and um, brought his kids. Uh, he's got two little girls, so he brought his kids along and to show them the horses, where because he spent a long, a long time. He spent uh, oh, years here with me, from um, from a young fella to uh, you know, to as he as he got a bit older, working horses and that. So he had, he had a good time involved here for horses and um yeah so he but no he's definitely done a really good job now max yeah mm. but is he the one that got away <laughs> he would have been a good driver because he wanted to succeed it no matter what he did he um yeah he um i can remember when he was about 15 or 16 and he was driving a horse track work here and and he, and he was uh he wasn't farm sort of boy or worked or used to he, he lived in brisbane and he went to brisbane boys grammar school there and he he didn't have much strength in his hands and he was the horse was pulling a bit and he couldn't hold any long and ended up falling out the back of the sulky and then he was that disappointed in, in himself he just started going to the gym every day to build his strength up and um <clears throat> and he actually did he ended up getting a lot stronger in his arms and, and hands and, and whatever and then um that's when he um ended up getting his driver's licence and, and driving. He, he he wasn't doing a lot of driving. He um, I know he drove a treble for Noel and Jane in Victoria one day down in Victoria there. Um, and uh, Chris Alford, who did a lot of driving for them, he always speaks highly of Max. He loved him. He said he was a great kid and, geez, he was a good, you know, and he was just a great worker and, and that. And 
he was a foreman. He went down when he was 17 for, for Noel, and he was a foreman there within a few months. So they obviously thought he was quite, you know, pretty good too. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So a good nursery that uh, you've built there over a period of time. Now tell me this, you're, you're verging in on a milestone yourself because according to the data and the records that we have, you're not far off mm. 1,500 career wins as a trainer. So that's going to happen right. at some point this year. Well, look, I'm not sure how many I was, I was up to, but uh, no, that'll be all right then. Mm. Hopefully I'll get, right. it, get it before I retire. I must be nearly ready to retire now, so I'm hopefully I'll get that before <laughs> I retire. Well, according to the age there. data that I've got here, you're a long way off uh, retirement. <laughs> uh, well, I'm uh, halfway there because I'm tired. I'm halfway there. I'm tired. i just got to get the ring in front of me, and I'll be retired. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see how we go. Really appreciate That's the it. time, and, uh, yeah, just no. wanted to get you on because uh, you've played a big role in, uh, in all three that uh, have done a a super job for Queensland harness racing. Uh, they're all good kids, um, yeah. And, and as I said, these are work hard. You're gonna you're gonna make it, you know. And um, I think just getting the opportunities to drive. When Pete kicked off driving, obviously wasn't uh, he, was, he was still learning. And and I had owners that would would say, oh, you keep putting the kid on, why don't you drive him? And then uh, that was for the first year or so. Then after that, they'd say to me, listen, why don't you put the kid on instead of you? So <laughs> they soon they soon changed. Yeah. So you yeah. just keep driving. You go around nothing. If you, you know, you should just learn by your mistakes. And um, if you've got any ability, you'll just, you know, you'll do the job. That's for sure.